Welcome to Toad's Tunes. My name is Toad. I got the opportunity to sit down with Tim Duggar, his latest single, You're Gonna Love Me. We talk getting to Nashville, his record deal in the business of making music plus Alabama football. It's my first interview of 2021, getting back into it again. Let's get to know Tim. I ain't stuck in the past, but I'm setting my ways. I still believe that... Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Heck yeah, I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, from Alabama? Yep, yep. I'm from a little town called Roanoke, Alabama. It's a little hole in the water. I guess our claim to fame, which would be a good one, Bernd Gosden is from the same county I'm from. Okay. Um, which is one of my favorite singers. I did, I did some reading up about that. So from Alabama, are you an Auburn fan or are you a... I'm an Alabama fan. Um, I grew, the side of the state I'm on is Auburn country. Like, that's pretty uh, – uh, but, yeah, I'm an Alabama fan. They going to win on Monday? I think so. I think I they're going to so. I think they're gonna be fine. I, uh, I, and they might have uh, their other wide receiver back, Waddle. So, it's, yeah. uh, I think they're going to be all right. I'm freaking hoping so, man. You know, I don't uh, – I'm a Nebraska fan, so I don't have much to cheer for these days. Well, y'all used to, though. When I was a kid, y'all were like – tough yeah we were tough uh back when tom osborne was the coach and uh um i believe he's still like the um uh athletic director but i'm not quite sure what the heck's going on i was kind of hoping scott frost would do some stuff and kind of help us out over the last few years but such a challenge these days man it's it's tough and you know saban's made the whole sec just pretty much unwinnable yeah. uh, you know it's all his coaches you know bounced around and they just ain't gonna beat him he's he's uh you know i think Dabo's gotten into his head a little bit but uh he's also just had a heck of you know he's had this quarterback for a couple of years and right um i think uh i think alabama's gonna be good uh come monday i'm hoping so man oh i just now noticed alabama football right about there that's a good thing oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i got a bunch of little alabama that was signed by joe namath uh i got a bunch of alabama stuff over here too uh, let's talk NASCAR for a few, you know, like uh, um, you met an owner and a driver. Yeah. And uh, you, you've got some famous friends in that realm from what I understand. Yeah. I, uh, that's how, you know, I was playing clubs and uh, kind of doing the hustle and, and, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to do music and, and, you know, get your name out doing country music. So I was playing all the bars and stuff and I went to a race, uh, Talladega. And I used to go over there and set up in like the free camping and, and like set up a speaker and play. Right. Uh, and I ended up meeting a friend of Richard Childress's uh, who, you know, and we ended up hitting it off and he kind of got the ball rolling for me to start playing races, uh, infield concerts and all. Um, and then that, you know, put me in the right place at the right time. I was playing a couple of years after that, I was playing Daytona in the fan zone uh, when Mike Curb was there and he heard me. Right. And you know, he's big in motorsports. So it, uh, that was my, uh, that was my luck. Uh, I got really lucky to, to be in the right place at the right time. Cause if you're playing in a club somewhere in Alabama or Georgia or wherever, you know, a record label owner is not just going to walk in that bar, you know, you're right. You're, you yeah. know, where, where he, he was, he just happened to walk by uh, when I was playing. So I got, you know, that was a very, uh, very, you know, right place, right time kind of thing. That's pretty dope. You know, um, I interviewed uh, the Swan Brothers um, a few years back when they came through Vegas and played at Stoney's. And uh, 
I asked him the question, where do y'all like to eat when you're, when you're back at home? Like, cause uh, it seems like everyone and the brothers going back to Nashville. And they told me Monell's was like this really cool place. So yeah. uh, me and my girl went, we were in Nashville for some work stuff and we went over to Monell's and um, you've been there before. I have. Um, Chase Elliott was sitting right across from us. His whole camp was in town and I'm not a huge NASCAR fan. My girl loves racing, the drag racing, NASCAR, all that kind uh -huh. of stuff. And she's like, you know who that is, right? And I'm like, I have no idea. He was literally sitting right across from me. And I'm like, I don't, don't know. Some little guy, who is it like that? And she told me who it was. I was like, that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. That's, Those that's guys cool. love to come to Nashville. They love to, you know, they, you know, that, that whole group of young drivers really love country music and, uh, it's kind of like, you know, back in the 90s, you had that big connection between country music and uh, NASCAR. And then it kind of went away, uh, you know, because you used to have Brooks and Dunn, Alan Jackson, all, all these videos of NASCAR drivers and stuff. Right. And I feel like, you know, now with this new young uh, group of drivers, we're getting a lot more of that, you know, uh, a lot of relationships there between those. So that's pretty cool. I think so. At what point when you were in Alabama, did you decide that it was time to move to Nashville to do what you were doing? Well, I had been coming back and forth to Nashville, recording and writing and, and doing that whole deal. And I, I really, I was kind of a big fish in a little pond in Alabama. I, I was really playing a lot of clubs, you know, bringing good crowds out and, you know, working regularly around the Southeast. And I was, I, I always like, you know, would commute back and forth, but, but I wasn't going to move unless, you know, I just didn't feel like I wanted to move to Nashville to, you know, to, to do the Broadway thing or anything. When I was busy kind of playing already, uh, I wanted a reason to. So I did not move to Nashville until after I got a record deal. Right. Uh, that was when I was like, okay, now I have my reason to, because you have to be, you know, you have to be here. At that point, I was still, I was still growing and learning. And um, so it not I don't know what would have happened if I had moved before. Uh, I'd really would, I would have, you know, probably been writing more, but I don't think uh, playing more, I would have been doing any more than I was then. Right. So yeah, I didn't move to Nashville until after I got a record deal. What year was that? That was around 2012. Oh, so you've been there so, yeah. a good eight, eight and a half years. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So, and it's been great. Uh, you know, it's, you know, country music's went through a lot of changes over the last couple of years musically. Um, and I was still learning and growing. I mean, I didn't know anything about the music business. Right. Uh, and that's what, you know, I got really lucky to get on a record label that lets you kind of develop. And, uh, you know, it took me a couple of years, you know, the last couple of years is when I really feel like I've, you know, dialed in. I found my producer, found the group of guys and girls that I wanted to write with and, um, you know, other record labels, you kind of get on there and they're ready to go or you're, you're out. Right. Um, so it's, it's really been good to have a record label that's like, doesn't rush you along and, and let you uh, kind of develop. And, and for the first uh, couple years of my record deal, I mean, I was doing stuff and it was definitely a, a help to have that, but I went about life. Like I didn't have a record deal. Right. Um, you know, I, I, just was still focused and and because you don't want to you know that's it's it's one of those i guess it'd be like a video game you get to that you want to get to that record label level uh you work so hard that's like the you know top of the mountain and then you get up there and you see there's a bunch of levels to go uh, still, yeah it's never ending so, right 
Yeah, yeah, it's never ending, and and that's I think that's something you get uh, when you're younger and you don't really know um, the business part. I, I used to think, yeah, if you got a record deal, that's it. You you're you good on the radio. You get all this stuff, but it's uh, it's definitely a, a step up. But you uh, the work really really starts, and it's um, it's uh, very competitive then. Yeah, it's kind of uh, well. You you were saying that that you were playing around Alabama and you weren't quite sure that if you moved to Nashville, if much would have changed. I would assume a lot would change because you could have got caught in the trap of playing on Broadway on a regular basis. I would think. Oh yeah, and it's nothing against because I used to play down on Broadway, uh, you know, do the Tootsie's thing and all that. Uh, but my dad always was like, "Hey, I don't want you to." to get caught up playing there and that's all you're doing, right? you know, because that's a hard living too. I mean, by the time that you play those 10 to two thirties, you go, you're going to sleep all day the next day. You're not going to get any, anything done. Right. Uh, you know, and, and there's been a lot, there's been guys make it down there and there's so much talent. I just was like, well, I'm already playing. I don't need to go to Nashville at, just to play on Broadway. Uh, but I have nothing but respect for those, uh, you know, musicians down there, especially now with all they've been going through. Um, but yeah, it was just my thing. I just, uh, just was lucky enough to be playing clubs and, and, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was, you know, breaking even and, and not, not, you know, getting myself in a financial bind. And uh, so I was really lucky to have those. There's, there's probably seven, eight clubs I'd work and just do the rotation. And, and then the NASCAR thing on top of it, that's when, that's when everything changed because I was playing clubs where, yeah, you know, I might be playing for four or 500 people in a club. When I'd go play a race, I'm playing for 5,000 people. Right. Um, your reach and your reach is like, I mean, it's going to take me a month full of club dates to play for this many people I can in one night. Sure. So it's, it was very, uh, very lucky to have that connection and the support of them uh, wanting me to, you know, come play the races. Your your first big race that you played, do you remember the first song you played? Yeah, I don't remember the first song. I remember <laughs> the first race I played was Atlanta. And it was more of a, um, it was like a kind of outside the track kind of deal on the, like the midway. So it was like during the day and wasn't a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot of people walking through and there's driver uh, appearances and stuff. But the first time I played Talladega, which uh, this past year, if it wouldn't have been canceled, uh, was going to be 10 times. Wow. First time I played there, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. It was, you know, the biggest crowd I'd ever played for. And, and, um, that real Talladega really got the ball rolling of, of, um, cause I mean, it's such a awesome place and it's feels like, I mean, it's, it is home. It's uh 45 minutes from where I'm from. And, uh, so it was, a, that was when I was, Oh, this is, this is cool. And then, to keep playing it. And then I started building up, you know, when I'd go on, uh, you know, it, we got, to, we got to where, you know, we'd go play a, a racetrack and we'd be the headliners. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was really cool. And it's, it's been a really blessing to have it. And, uh, you know, to, uh, it really kind of fit in all those years that I was working and trying to, you know, figure out, you know, the, you know, what, what songs you want to write and who you are musically and how to get that across. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it was very, very lucky to have that. That's kind of cool. I noticed that uh, you have a show at the listening room coming up. 
Um, I've never met Drew Parker, but I play him on Country AF Radio. Uh, I've met Brinley Addington a few times. Super cool, cool dude. Um, yeah. Alex, and I just noticed this morning, I believe it sold out. Yeah, is- we. Uh, it's going to be cool to play, uh, uh, you know, for a good crowd in there. I, I, I know it's still socially uh, distance, and uh, uh, we, uh, we sold it out like uh, two weeks ago, and then they opened up a couple more tickets. Right. Um, and so it's it's cool to, you know, Drew's doing great. And he's, you know, both those guys are really country singers and songwriters and great guys. We have so much in common. Um, it's going to be a fun night. We uh, we kind of got close to each other over this year of uh, the pandemic, iRacing. We all three iRace. So we're, we're in there doing that in the middle of the night. Right. And, uh, you know, we all – it's funny we got to talking about you know the things that we really love and they they both uh, grew up on gospel music like I did um, and um, it's uh, it's going to be a fun night especially uh, you know Drew's really kicking butt right now and doing a lot of good stuff so I'm going to be uh, I'm going to sing my songs and then sit back and drink a beer and listen to them and it's going to be fun. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. Um, it's a fun room more than anything. Yeah, it's cool. I was actually there last New Year's. Uh, my buddy Austin was getting married. I don't know if you know Austin Burke. Austin Burke. I don't. I know the name. Yeah, he was getting married, and he they they did uh like their pre-wedding thing there, and some. That's why I met oh, Julia cool. Cole and a couple other artists that were up there singing. I noticed uh, Drew Drew Parker obviously looks like he writes with Luke Combs. Um, I know uh, Ray Fulcher. He's played at Stoney's a few times, which we got to get you out when this stuff gets normal again. Heck yeah, I'd love to. You you've been to Vegas before? I have. I yeah, have. You, have you played in Vegas before? You know, I I have not. I I had something I was going to do uh, at the races uh, this past year, right? Uh, but I've never played in Vegas. I've gotten hurt in Vegas. I've uh, lost a couple years off the liver many times there. But yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to do that. Yeah. So have you ever been to Stoney's? I have not. You have not. I've seen Todd, Todd Thomas sober there and not so sober there before. It's a fun place. Nice. It'll get you in total That's trouble. Great. I've heard great things about it. So yeah, I'd love to. Heck yeah. We'll have to have you out. Like when you go out right now, do you like these newer artists that are coming up? Is there, is there some people in your camp or that you see that are on the way up that you admire that you kind of champion on your own? You know, um, there's a, there's so many there's so many out there right now. I think, uh, you know, with the way the internet is, um, you know, when I was first starting out, it was, you gotta go make some flyers and posters yep. and, uh, you gotta go like put them up places and tell people you're playing at this VFW on Friday night. And, uh, now it's, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's maybe the social media thing. There's, you know, focused in on that, which can get you, you know, kind of get the wheels off the ground there and um so i i anybody that's out there just hustling i think drew is a great example of somebody that works hard and uh you know he's been in that group of um of luke combs and all those guys kind of fighting and hustling together and uh so yeah anybody that's country and working hard and hustling and making it happen is uh but i really i mean hardy i think his songwriting is uh really really special i'm a big fan of his songwriting and his records that he you know he's been putting out um he reminds me a lot of a guy named anthony smith Uh, his writing it's just you know you know like the a rock and all this stuff that makes you really think uh so yeah he'd be one 
Um, just anybody that's, you know, just really hustling and trying to do it and, and talented. And, um, you know, there's a lot of talented people, but the ones that really get out there and try to make it happen, that's the ones that I, awesome. I admire because it's what I've been trying to do. Right. I've, uh, I think with the internet, it's, you're right. It is kind of cool. I have, we have a lot of listeners on country AF radio that actually will send us messages and tell us to listen to new music. And if we've heard of these people and it's kind of neat, it's a, it's a new way for us. Like every day, noon to three during the middle of the day, I play brand new music and that's all I play for three hours. I know that growing up, I was always used to a Sunday night at 10 o'clock on a, you know, on a, on a, on a random radio station in these, in yeah. And these artists that were good that never even saw the light of day, but now it's a completely different thing, which is, you know, what do you think of like the new style of country? I know that you're super old school. Do you have an appreciation for the new country? Like, you know, I have, a, I have appreciation for all of it. Uh, I'm not one. I, I, I get kind of annoyed when, when you, know, you hear that that ain't country or that's, that's not that to me. It's uh, it's all music. And I mean, if you look back at the history of country music, when, when Waylon and those guys were playing electric instruments and, and, you know, long hair and didn't fit in with the, the rhinestone cowboy look, uh, the, you know, the clean cut and the clean sound. And I mean, even when electric instruments started getting involved in country music, I mean, that was called not country if you had electric guitar. Right. So it's, uh, to me, it's, the song is what's country. Um, I mean, if you break down, you can, you can, you know, if a song has feeling and emotion and it doesn't have to be one that makes you cry or makes you, uh, it can make you just happy. Right. Uh, to me, that's, that's what country music is. Of course, I, I, I love, um, the classic stuff because it's what I was raised on and that's what my dad listened to. And, um, that's the stuff that makes me feel something. Um, but I mean, I don't, I, I like it all. I mean, there's, there's a little bit of everything I like. I mean, there, I might get in a mood where I'm listening to rap or yeah. I'm, I might be, you know, I might be listening to FGL. I mean, uh, and then I, you know, John party, his, his stuff is very kind of new age nineties country kind of sound. Uh, but yeah, I get, there's a place for everything I think, but the only thing I did not like is uh, when we went through that phase of their, if you were country, you wasn't getting played. You know what I mean? If you were, you know, we, I, I felt like country music went through that stage and I didn't like that. Cause I'm like, Hey, there's needs to be room for everybody. Yeah. Um, but it seems like we're, we're there now. Have you, have you ever heard of Tristan Merez? I have not. I'm going to do when, when we get done, I'm going to send you a, a single to your email um, from Spotify. I just want you to listen to it. So, oh yeah, I will. I, I don't know the guy. Um, uh, one of our listeners, it's also a buddy of mine, sent me this single. And uh, it's, dude, it is country, old school country. It's a young kid. And uh, um, I love stuff like that. I love it when people send in stuff and you get this opportunity to listen to something different. And I get to share it with, you know, we got a lot of listeners now, which is kind of rad. So we have the ability to kind of like expose people um, to new music. And it's, that's what I love. John Pardee's new single he's got, I don't even know if it's out yet with Lauren Elena called getting over him. I like, yeah. I like, I like that kind of crossover stuff where you get someone like Lauren, who's a little bit newer and you got John Pardee who's new, but he's definitely drinking the old Kool-Aid, which is rad. Yeah. And, yeah. And you put those two together. I think that song's going to be huge. Um, there's, there are so many artists out there. I get frustrated because they're, I have, uh, I'm allowed to speak of it. You're probably not allowed to, but I believe there's this thing out there called the entitled number one. And it drives me freaking nuts that 
I want to listen to music that um, in 15 years I can play the song again and still relate to it. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff that they push as a number one these days just isn't because then it's gone and you never hear it again. Yeah. And I still I'm a I was born in the late 60s and um, it's kind of like I can still listen to music from the 80s. I go through these spurts where I listen to older music and I love it because it's still relatable. You know, it's still. Oh, yeah. It's, and it's, even the you know the record, recordings of that stuff it's crazy they did not have the technology that we have right. now the pro tools and being able to fly stuff and edit stuff you know all the things that we're able to do now that makes recording a lot easier I, and their recordings are so amazing it showed how i mean back then you had to be a great singer you, you had to be yes you had to be on your the band had to be on there's no other takes you know like uh, that's, uh, and, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I agree. Um, you know, what music will people be listening to? We're going to be listening to Hank Williams Jr. Perhaps. Long after I'm gone, people's going to be listening to Hank Jr. Yeah. People's going to be listening to Alan Jackson, Brooks and Don, uh, Waylon, Merle Haggard. That stuff will never die. Uh, right. Well, even and, go back to like the Led Zeppelins of the world. And, oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's I mean, Steely Dan and, you know, that's stuff that we'll be listening to forever and ever and ever. That's where I sit back. And my frustration is, is when they put someone on a platform politically, for what reason? I don't get it because in five years, you won't even know who that person is. I mean, I would yeah. hope that they would. I'm not saying it's horrible, but at the same time, I that's why I call it an entitled number one. And it's it's frustrating for me for artists that write good music stuff that like, I believe this Tristan Merez song, it's got such a hook in it that I'll be listening to it for a long, long time and not get sick of it. And that's kind of like my attitude for it. And again, I don't know the dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it makes you, especially like for, for a guy like me wanting, wanting to try to, to write songs that will matter. And, 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 and yeah, of course I write a lot of, I'm a lighthearted guy. I, you know, I don't like to be that serious. Right. Um, so that's a lot in my music. Uh, but yeah, it, it sure makes you uh, respect and uh, think a lot of the people that's able to write something that's going to stand the test of time. You know, there's, there's stuff like Jamie Johnson has recorded that, that stuff will, will, will stand the test of time. Right. Um, I think that's a good way, a good, a good way to put it. Stand the test of time. And we can, you know, I think too, it's a lyric that is emotionally like people's always, you know, always going to have those emotions and always going to have that story. And it, it don't even have to be a breakup or a guy and a girl. Just if you can just kind of talk real and, and um, that's never going to go away. Yeah, it might look a little different. We're all going to evolve and technology and our personalities and all. Uh, but yeah, to me, that's what's going to make them stick around. Um, let's have some fun with 2020 because everyone talks right. so negative about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was your highlight of 2020? What was your favorite thing that, uh, that, that you got out of 2020? Having an EP come out. Yeah. Um, and putting out music. I, it, you know, it'd been, it'd been five years since I released anything. Wow. And I was really excited about, you know, all the possibilities about it. Uh, you know, you can sit there and kind of whine about that a little bit about, well, I didn't get to go play shows and promote it the way I wanted to, but that, if I wouldn't have put, you know, had that music coming out this year would have been really probably looked up a lot different for me and been a lot rougher on me, I think. Uh, cause I'm so used to be, you know, being on the go and all that. 
so yeah, being um having music come out was my highlight of the year. That's awesome. What are you looking yeah. forward to most now that 2021 has finally, uh, I mean, although our first week of 2021, I saw some memes that I laughed so hard at with, you know, I'm done with 2021. I my, my seven day trial subscription, I'd like to return it and start yeah. <laughs> just move to uh, the next. But what are your highlights for 21? Like, what do well, you, you know, to? there's, there's a lot of the unknowns. Of course, I want to get back to playing shows like I used to. Um, and it looking like it used to. Um, hopefully we can get close to that by the end of the year. Um, I'm recording more music right now. And it's, uh, you know, this first EP I made, I wanted it to be kind of like the handshake of, hey, this is who I am. This is my personality. I wanted to put a little bit of that. And this next music that I'm working on is more of a turn the page and getting a little deeper. Um, so I'm excited about that because I feel like country music, especially country music fans, they want to get to know you. Right. and more about you and i was you know kept it the cp told a lot about me but it was a lot surface too you know just the the basics uh so I, you know my writing and, and the stuff that we're recording i'm really excited about kind of turning the page getting deeper in the book of who i am and 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 you know a little deeper in the music so recording and releasing more music and hopefully uh we got some cool stuff we're working on that we're gonna you know try out on social media i'm not a big uh, i'm just not uh, really uh, big on social media like uh, you know probably a couple years ago I probably would have been a lot you know more more eager to to get into it and you know you, you when you're married and you know that back when I was single I could I was a Facebooker I could do it all like it was you know um, especially because you want you girls to like your pictures and stuff right back then but, <laughs> you but get now, trouble I, for that now <laughs> yeah yeah you, but no, nah, we uh, we got some we got some good stuff working on, and we're gonna do some some fun stuff. And the biggest thing is try to keep the wheels turning, um, because I mean we got to get out of this. This cannot. This is not. This is not gonna be live. It sure ain't gonna be live for me. No, I agree. Uh, I agree. So I, uh, I'm looking forward to getting getting the you know wheels rolling. And if if we got to go up from here, what however this year just started, we got to get better than this. So. It's gonna be all right, I think. Yeah. If if you could let's just let's just move forward six months, the crap's over, you get to have a show, it's outside. Like, who would you love to put together? Like if you were the guy that got to produce the show, obviously you're gonna play on it. Let's pick four artists that you'd love to share a stage with. Uh like That's a big a good, show. That's a good question. I've always been a big fan. I got to know him a little bit. Uh uh, we went on this fishing trip together last, well, uh, two years ago now. So I think Dirks Bentley, I was, uh, I was going to do a show with the Hot Country Nights at Talladega earlier last year that got canceled. So Dirks, I, I love, I mean, he's able, you know, he evolves, but it's still country. You know, yep. you strip it down, it's a country song. Uh, and he's, you know, got such a, a love and passion uh, for the old stuff. So I would say Dirks Bentley. Um, let's see who else. You know, Luke Combs. He is a so relatable, and what he's doing. You know, I'd love to get in front of his fans. <laughs> yeah. um, so I would, I would say him. Be a good fit. Uh, yeah, I, let's say um, an old school guy. Let's say Hank Jr. Maybe he's the headliner. Uh, and you know, and so that's three. Well, do I need one more? Yeah, let's throw in somebody like newer country. Like okay, 
not Drew Parker though, because we already that's too easy for you. Parker. Let's see. Who would be I'm trying to? I'd have to look at my phone and see who I've been listening. Okay, let's go with Hardy. Hardy. Oh, think, that's a show. Yeah. yeah, I think that'd be a heck of a show. It would. I would. I would buy a ticket to that. Yeah. I would too. I'd probably do it at Stoney's. I mean, that'd be crazy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Dirks has never played at Stoney's. Luke Combs played at Stoney's three, three and a half years ago, and he opened for Corey Smith. Really? Yeah. No, Corey Smith. I, he was a. Uh, yeah, I remember when all his stuff was coming out. Uh, Twenty one, and if I could do it again, like back, uh, and he was playing all around Georgia and you know, right. Alabama. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a that's a flashback. Corey Smith, he was he had some good stuff. His stuff was fun. It was his first trip on the West Coast. He played somewhere in California, then came to us, and not too not too many people knew who he was. And uh, people came out to see Luke. That was when uh, um, um, his first single hit the highway uh, on satellite, um, um, Hurricane. And then uh, Hardy's played mm -hmm. at Stoney's. Um, yeah, that, that was a crazy night. Hardy played, and uh, Morgan Wallen showed up, and. Um, yeah nice good show <laughs> it was you know what's crazy is like you just saying you know luke was there three years ago and look at where he's at now that's how how quick things can change uh and how you know powerful music is look at i mean change his life in three years yeah um he, i'm sure he would say he doesn't recognize his life now did you think about that? I saw him uh, in 19, he played in Utah at a festival called Country Fan Fest. And uh, it's crazy because like I said, you know, my experience with him at Stoney's was awesome. Um, uh, it was, I met Cappy, I met, I met his, his group. Everyone was super cool. I ran into him at Route 91. They were still super nice guys. Everyone was super cool. Remembered their experience at Stoney's, which was rad. And then uh, to, to see him play on a stage with, you know, 25,000 people is, it's amazing. It's just amazing yeah. to see his growth and uh, still seems super humble, you know? I mean. Yeah, he's still, you know, that's, I think that's his magic is he's so relatable and, and um, you know, we hadn't had anybody just come out that was super real, yeah. you know, on and off the stage, it seemed. Uh, it wasn't just trying to dress up or, or play a part. Like, I think that's, uh, that's what, you know, not only is he uh, – awesome singer and songwriter but i think that's a lot of it too is is who he is he stayed himself you know i have said this a few times what one of my favorite things that i've gotten at an interview was with cody johnson and uh cody said he went into multiple places and they all asked him to change something do this do this do this and he would he would be like he would tip his hat and go thank you and he would walk away with his you know his and now look at him i mean he was he's great he yeah. is really good and I remember him walking through the doors the day of a show, him and his buddy went for a run. They came in and they were like, dude, you know, should we be worried about tonight? You know, I'm like, dude, you just about sold the damn place out. Come on, man. Like it was, it was he's just still super humble guy as well, which is really neat. Yeah. You know, it's uh, when you first get a record deal, I mean, I think you're, I think you're will, I was, and I was, you know, now I probably wouldn't. Now I know it wouldn't be, but I, you're willing to do whatever it takes, like uh, to, you know, sometimes you can get caught up following the leader or, or trying to, oh, that's what's working and, and doing that. That's the reason I'm so lucky that I, I've been able to kind of sit back and, and focus on what I, you know, the right and then the recording and, and not do that. Uh, that's uh, it's a that's, blessing, uh, man. It's a, it's, it's it a, very.
Because, I mean, it's easy to do. I mean, it's it's normal to want, you, you love this, you want to do this, and so you're, you're willing to do whatever, you know, or, or maybe get caught up in that. But it's, it's you're, you're better off sticking to who you are, for yeah. sure. Well, I think for the long run, and I think that uh, oh, yeah. with social media the way it is today, if you try and change for something, the people are going to catch you. Oh yeah, Definitely. they you know, people know real uh, country, especially country music fans. They they can smell BS pretty quick. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't take too long. Um, you're gonna love me. Awesome tune. Oh, thank um, you. Um, I talked to Todd a while back. He he was talking about you, and then I got this single, and I was like, "Dude, this song's badass." It's one of those ones that will again last a lifetime. It's relatable. It's country af <laughs> yeah and uh, uh i see you have a guitar in your hand you you want to you want you want to play it for us yeah yeah play it for you um yeah this song is very special i i had this song for a couple of years you know between the, the music i made in 2015 and i was you know i went through that uh you know well like we just talked about you're kind of chasing a little bit and 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 you know, with the Earnhardt lines and, you know, all this, this song really kind of summed me up and I'm like, I'm, I ain't going to run away from this anymore. Like I'm going to just be me. And, um, that's why we recorded it. So thanks for liking it. I ain't stuck in the past. I'm setting my ways I still believe that love can last forever and a day I think honesty honestly makes a man the kind that looks to the end of his arm for a helping hand girl I don't want to waste your time so I'm laying it all on the line I still miss Earnhardt I like a cold beer now and then I'm all about my mama I take a bullet for a friend And I like old Chevys covered in rust The hag, the flag, and in God we trust Girl, by now I'm how I'm gonna be if you like that, you're gonna love me. If you like riding around in a two-tone waste of gas, windows down, old school sound, and a dog in the back, well then girl, I believe you're a lot like me. Yeah, I still miss Earnhardt Like a cold beer now and then I'm all about my mama I take a bullet for a friend And I like old Chevys covered in rust The hag, the flag, and the God we trust Girl, by now I'm how I'm gonna be If you like that well, you're gonna love me, and I'm gonna love you back. 
just turned hard I like a cold beer now and then I'm all about my mama I take a bullet for a friend And I like old Chevys covered in rust The hag, the flag, and in God we trust Girl, by now I'm how I'm gonna be If you like that you're gonna love me Girl, you're gonna love me You cannot get mad at that, dude. That song is awesome. Okay. Thank you. On your EP, what's your favorite tune on there? You know, um... I, they, I love them all for, for different reasons. Uh, I think Cold Beer Night probably, uh, it re really reminds me of, I, I wrote it thinking about where I'm from and the things we used to do and, and stuff growing up. And, it, and it's kind of got this like Song of the South kind of vibe going on. Uh, so I really love that one. Uh, home Away From Home I love because I love like dive bars and uh, love finding those little hole in the wall bars. And it, it you know, kind of kind of fits in place I, I you know I, I'd see myself going and hanging out um, and you're gonna love me um, so yeah those probably are my top three out of off the EP right are, you're you said you're you're married yeah how long you been married I've been married uh, just over two years but we've been together 10 years so so she's a, is she in music or no, no she's a she's a dental hygienist <laughs> um, she um, She's been with me through, I mean, right before I got a record deal, she was there when Mike Curb called me up and, you know, kind of been with me through all the struggles and the ups and downs. And we've gotten to celebrate the, the you know, the little victories we've had in music. And, uh, you know, she's a good one. I got very lucky. I, I'm undeserving. She uh, deserves a lot better than what she gets <laughs> from me, but uh, I, I'm very lucky. I think most guys say that, don't they? <laughs> yeah, she's you know, I look at her sometime and go, girl, you could be, you could do so much better. What? Thank, thank God you didn't, but right. Uh, yeah, she, she's a good one. Does she have input on your music at all? Like, do you, do you run stuff by her and. You know, uh, I, I like it when she, she's really into something. Um, now, of course, like if it's a, uh, if it's one of these, like one of these really redneck kind of, you know, things she's that's not her style um you know she's uh it's funny when we first started dating we were riding around i had like merle haggard on like you know trying to get her in all this old country and i you know i think it's if you can ride around in a truck listening to merle haggard with a hot girl and she's like down with it like and not like disgusted or, or like she can really get into it you know that classic country music i think that's a win but so she says something trying to be sweet and she's like, Oh, you're way better than him. I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Don't you ever <laughs> say that. I'll put you out. Don't you ever talk bad about Merle Haggard like that. Uh, but yeah, she's, you know, she grew up uh, in Michigan. So, and she's like a bit, she's a big Kenny Chesney fan, Eric church, uh, you know, Tim McGraw. Um, and so if, if, if I, if I write something, and I get her approval, it, it definitely helps out. Uh, but I know exactly what songs not to play her. Right. Like if it's a, like, I think if it's a good old boy, like Dirt Road song, like 
uh, beer drinking, hell raising, so on. That's not that's not her thing most of the time. That's funny. I was yeah. I was never really a big Eric Church fan, and just until this last year. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, I liked him, but I wasn't the guy that would sit there and go crazy trying to actually like, um, like say that he was the man. I was super excited to see him or anything like. I mean, he was always good, but then I started. I started watching him a little bit more and more and more. I had the same thing with Sam Hunt. I never really liked Sam Hunt until I watched his uh, uh, an interview with him, and it totally changed everything about my thought process because he he came from where I think he's from Alabama as well, if I recall. Yeah. Played football, yeah. um, was around a um, a different kind of music than he does today. Moved to Nashville, met this producer that understood where he was from, and stayed with him ever since. And I'm like, and then I listened to that Behind the Pines and was like, damn, dude, like. That's what yeah. I, that's why uh, that's why I love doing these interviews and is just for that reason because people get a whole new understanding of of an artist and get to know them and it like with Eric Church I think my favorite thing he ever did was when he did uh, "Sick That in Your Country" song at the ACMs. Oh yeah. my gosh! Like, come on, have fun with Johnny Cash and just yeah, he's a. I loved his first record. His first record, "Sinners Like Me," yeah was. I remember buying the CD. I, I mean, I was one of those when CDs, when it was time for somebody to put a record out, I'd go buy it at, you know, Walmart. And I had all these CDs. And um, I think it's this last few songs he's dropped. Um, what's the uh, Crazy Land? Right. Uh, oh, man, that's just such a, like, if you strip it all down, like it's such a kind of a throwback uh country song and uh, so yeah but she is obsessed like she really loves eric church but she's kind of you know she's loved all that newer stuff and so you know he, his style kind of evolved and um i don't think she was into that as much but now it seems like he's coming back around to yeah. uh to that to that early kind of kind of eric church sound it seems like I, I started listening to one of these live things that he did. And now I've like spent my time on Spotify listening to all of his live stuff. And oh, now, it's really good. Dude, he's, he's uh, like I said, I wasn't a huge fan before. Um, not that I didn't like him. I just didn't get into him per se. And now I'm just like, man, I can't wait to see this dude. I've seen him a couple times at like events, that sort of thing, but never just an Eric Church show. But like in yeah. 21, that'd be one of those things that every time he comes out with a new tune, you know, I'm the guy that's there trying to see if we I went, did it or not. Yeah. We yeah. went and, you know, when they opened the amphitheater here in Nashville, um, he was the first act that ever played there and he played it acoustic. Well, Just him and a guitar. Uh, and that was, you know, I, cause I, I feel like that's when you, you can't have buying anything. Like right. you better bring it. And, and he just killed it. Um, you know, I love full band stuff. But I, I, you know, the bit, all that big stuff, especially when you go to a concert and they got all this cool stuff that's going on. And, but when you can strip it down and blow people away with just a, a song and a guitar and a voice, like it's that's that special. That's a win. I, I agree a thousand yeah. percent, man. I think you you learn a lot about an artist that way, as well. I wish that that in Vegas that they would um, embrace that a little bit more, like they do in Nashville, because they don't do that. It's kind of like. Uh, you know, if so-and-so wrote a song and you bring that artist out and try and tell the story, they don't care in Vegas because there's so much entertainment here, you know, they're, yeah. 
I mean, entertainment capital of the world, it's so tough to compete with that. So, I mean, we tried for a while to bring a lot of the singer songwriters out, you know, and, and kind of do that thing, but nobody really cared. And then we've done some acoustic stuff and, um, some of it's kind of worked and some of it hasn't, but I mean, they're all about, they're all about, this town's all about the full band. Um, we've had some artists come in with light show stuff and it's kind of like, dang. And then you've got, I think you got to know going into it and probably as a fan that doesn't, you know, like go to writers things and stuff like that, doesn't know about that. If you were walking in a club or a venue expecting something and that's what you got was like the bluebird type thing or the listening room type thing, then I, you, you probably, you know, you just does, that would probably throw you off a little bit. Like, or, you know, you're there to party and you're wanting to just play the song, crank it up on my drink. I don't care about how in the hell you wrote it. Like I can, I can kind of get that, but for, you know, I think it's just a different, uh, different fan, uh, you know, cause there's some people just are so into the, I want to know everything about where did you come up with this? I want to hear it. You just sing it. And I, uh, and then there's some, you know, it's, it's just a different type of fan. There's some fans like play the song, don't talk. Let's, let's party, you know? And I, I, I love them both. That's, that's a good way to put it. I've seen uh blue October, um, where, uh, he sat down, Justin sat down and told the story with this book. I don't know if you're a fan of blue October at all, but he's yeah, one of those a little bit he writes the way he writes, but he did this tour with him and his brother and his book and literally would tell the story of where the, where, I mean, it was kind of cool. I saw Steven Stills do that, but you're mm -hmm. right. There's other artists where they come out and play and you're just like, dude, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're right. like, you know, you're talking and they're like, dude, let's get to it. You know, yeah, right. uh, and, you know, it can bring, you know, it, it kind of just depends sometimes. I mean, if you've got everybody on a, on a high right here, you bring them down talking for three minutes uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to get them back. It's, uh, um, I, there was a Vern Gosden record, um, that he told his whole story, uh, about how he, how he made it and how, where the song came from and how he ended up recording it. And then the song would play. Um, and it was like a whole story. And I mean, I, it's came on and my wife's like, change it. I don't want to hear him talking about this. Let's listen to the song, you know? Right. So they have talk radio. Yes, yeah, it's, it's different, you know, different, uh, you know, just whatever you're into. But I, I think, uh, you know, I love I, my favorite part of the whole music thing is the live show. So I love the live band. I like it loud. I, you know, I like, right. like all that stuff. But, you know, there's a there's a special, you know, when you get together, like the listening room or the Bluebird or any of those places and and hear the story, especially when it's like, uh, you know, the song is is this huge part from this little bitty story. Uh, I mean, this, everybody's heard the story behind I Drive Your Truck, uh, which is mind blowing yeah. uh, how that song came to be. So I think that is when it's almost like the, the song, it, it just shows how special the song is. The song's meant to be written if, it's, if it came from this little place, you know what I mean? Well, it's got to start somewhere too. And like yeah. when, you, when, when people start to understand how, I mean, I used to sit when I first interview, I'm going to say you guys, I'd first interview you guys. And I'd say, you, you, you all go sit in a room with three or four people and you start writing. My first question all the time was, well, who gets the song? Like if the four of you write it and the four of you love it, like who says that you're not going to release it or so-and-so is not going to yeah. release it. And I used to like really, really have a hard time with understanding at what point you guys like, I know that it just seems so weird that if you think about it, four people getting together, they write, 
who's it for? Are they writing it for you? Are they, but then what if, because like CJ Solar, um, he told me about the whole up down story uh, about how they wrote it and how long it sat and then it came back and then they did all this other kind of stuff. And then you hear Morgan Wallen sing it. And then you turn around and you hear CJ sing and I'm like, okay, so maybe CJ know, knew he wasn't supposed to sing it, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's because it's, or is it embedded in my head because I heard it from <laughs> someone else? I think, you know, I know in the room if it's for me. Yeah. Um, like I know, and it, it, you know, and there's certain times where I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just like anything. You could you could be writing one and you go, oh yeah, this is this is right up my alley. And then there's right one that where okay, well we'll pitch this, yeah. and because it might be for somebody else. And then there's some that you're right, and you're like, I don't care anything about this song. Like it's like a fish. It's like, oh, it's a fish. Why well, don't throw this one back? Like you know, it's it's still it's a song, but you know, then there, but there's some days when you just you know, you're like, oh, I'm so, you know, if, if I write one and I'm excited about the work tape, which is, you know, just singing it and recording on your phone. Yep. If I walk around listening to that, I have songs in my phone right now that I listen to that I have no demo. It's just that. And when I'm excited about them that way, that fresh, you know, and that raw, that's when I'm, you know, them, I can't wait to record this or demo this and see if it gets better. Or sometimes it doesn't. Um, but that's a good indication, I think, of when I'm, I'm, when if I can get excited to that, uh, yeah. you know, really crappy recording, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, um, I can, t I've been, I've been involved in music 25, 30 years now, and, uh, I've helped some really big bands get to the next level. Um, because I used to not be in country, solely pigeonholed to country. And then, like now, I love it when I get songs sent and it's raw because these, these these people are just like do you just want your opinion on something what do you think of this tune and i listen to it and then you get to hear it when it comes out later and the production behind it i'm going to go back just a little bit there's a venue here called the house of blues uh they have a, a booth on the stage it's called the james brown suite it's literally if the stage is here and like in the crowd is out here it's here so you don't hear front of house sound you hear stage sound well my friends would all be like dude i hate it up here and i'm like how can you hate it up here you hear everything like yeah raw you're hearing more bands here and yeah yes and that's where uh, i enjoy to hear it that's why i love hearing the tapes like that i love hearing that's why i loved behind the pine so much it's just him and a freaking keyboard you know yeah like what else could it's, you ask uh, for i mean that's what, if you can fall in love with somebody you know a song like that that's so raw i mean you're really gonna you know it's kind of like a um you know when you you're in love with somebody and you can see them at you know when they wake up in the morning they don't have makeup on and they're just a t-shirt and you love them that way and of yep. course when they get all dolled up you're like oh you're you're you know you're just but you you love the the the, the other version just the same um so yeah i got i got some songs that uh, we are really excited about and um pumped so we we've cut and we've cut three or four and we're going to cut probably three or four more here I'm waiting, you know, with the holidays, it's kind of, you're waiting on things to get mixed and all, but uh, I'm really excited about this next, uh, next batch we got coming. How many tunes? I, you know, at this point, uh, you know, Curb, I have a great A&R uh, person named Laurel, uh, who's really, you know, she's kind of, she kind of lit the fire up under, you know, getting me back in there, cutting music and, and believing in me. Uh, so we don't have a set. We don't know if we're cutting an EP. We don't know if we're going to just release a couple, you know, just singles. We know that, you know, anymore you have to keep releasing music 
because look at all the people that are just I mean, Morgan Wallen's releasing so many songs and not just him because he's, you know, he's so successful and so on fire right now, but just anybody, you just got to, people want content, uh, you know, to keep, to keep coming. So, so I don't know if we're working on a new EP or we're working on an album, uh, but I'm really excited about this music. That's good. I mean, speaking of the Morgan Wallen, his album dropped today. It's a double album, 30 songs. It's crazy. 30. 30. Like, yeah. I sit back and I'm like, man, that's just crazy. That's a lot of music. um, Again, I listen to music outside of country. There's a band called Biffy Clyro from Over the Pond. And uh, a few years back, they put out a double album and they put it on vinyl. And I bought the vinyl and people are like, who the hell does that anymore? Like who who can put out a double album? Well, every song on it's amazing. I've not listened to this Morgan Wall and I've listened to a few songs on it that came out earlier, but I'm just like, man, Can you imagine a couple of years ago, somebody would have put out 30 zone. I'm like, what the, what are you doing? You yeah, who do you think? Well, that's what I'm saying. Biffy did it like this from a, here's a band that over the pond would play Wembley and sell it out. They would come here and play in Vegas and not even 200 people would go see them. And it's crazy to me. I just, I trip out on that, but yeah, 30 songs is a lot of damn songs. And I'm kind of hoping that when we listen to it, it's, it's across the board and we get to have fun and, you know, and go on a journey yeah. with Morgan because he's been all over the board too. Yeah. I think he's, uh, you know, he's, I heard actually uh, Drew say it the other day, Drew Parker. I mean, he is right on Luke Combs heels of, of on fire. You know what I mean? Like in, and who's to say he's not right there with him now. Uh, you know, he's just, you know, his style uh, is, it's connecting with people and it's hip and it's fresh. And I, even the, the stuff that I've heard off this new record, I've not listened to at all. Is it reminds me of a lot of, of kind of, it's, it's rawish, you know, the demos and stuff and the productions a little, uh, sounds kind of a little, you know, like, you know, for 30 songs, I, I, I don't think they, um, I think they kept it pretty real. Um, Production-wise, it's not so. So I, I plan to listen to it today. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing. I got to do my radio show this afternoon, and then I got to tighten some stuff up and get a good listen. Um, what has been your favorite venue to play out so far in your career? Uh, let's see. You know, it goes back to Talladega, Alabama is very special to me. Uh, it's my uh, it's 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 taught me so much about playing live shows and. And, and, you know, I was getting on, you know, in front of 10,000 people before I should have been getting in front of, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so yeah, it, I think that's very special to me. Talladega is probably my number one. It's my home away from home. It feels like home, but the people down there treat me amazing and, and always been good to me. And it's, it's near the house. It's someplace I grew up watching on TV and going and, um that's 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 my favorite place to play it just feels like home it's you know it's effortless it's just a good time what's 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 the one place that you're just like dying to play uh the Ryman auditorium that would be probably the top you know um that would that would definitely be that's special because you know i would love to my dream would be to either play an old gospel song there or you know, or play an old country song, you know, right. there and whatever I was doing there. Cause I would love just to have that moment of, of doing that. You know, it's an old church. It's beautiful. And yeah. that would be number one. That place is, that place has so much history, man. So yeah. much history. that's, that's a special place right there. Well, sweet dude. It's been, it's been great getting to know you. I appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Thank you.
And uh, I look forward to more music from you. Um, I'll let you know when we get this posted up. And um, let's hope 2021 is, is uh, <laughs> we can only we're, go up. We can only hope. It's going to be all right. But, but I appreciate you having me on here, man. And thanks for what you're doing for country music. I appreciate it. And roll tight, dude. I'm going to go put money on oh, Alabama. I'm hoping. Roll right. tight. See you. Have a great day. Yes, sir. You too.